Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome back to the Be Unbound podcast. This is the second episode of season five. I am one of your co-hosts, David Rethemeyer. I am joined as always by Abraham Chen. Abe, how are we doing today? We're doing really well. This is our first Pursuits episode for the season. I'm ready to go. Today, we are talking with our artists. And we've had episodes, David, with uh, a lot of people within the arts, right? So we've had videographers and filmmakers, we have musicians, we have writers, but I've realized not a whole lot has been said within our community with our like fine art people. And so today we're talking with Jared and Jordan. I'll let them introduce themselves in a second. But yeah, we wanted to go into what it takes to, to really create are to paint, to create more of the visual side of things. And uh, this is a really fun conversation we're about to have. Absolutely. And as you will notice, as soon as that we get into things, uh, especially if you're an audio listener, it sounds a little bit different than usual. And that is because uh, Abe actually got the opportunity to record this in person. Normally, we do a lot of these recordings remotely uh, with uh, over our internet connections, but Abe actually had got to hang out with these very, very cool alumni in person. So uh, with all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, please enjoy the episode. Hello guys, welcome back to the show and a very special welcome to our guests today. Um, I say that I'm excited every single time. I mean, genuinely am, please don't get me wrong. But um, today, as you can see, uh, if you're watching this, we are in person. That's very exciting, a big development. Also, these are like my people. We're talking about art today and I have dabbled and I'm very excited to talk about this. This is going to be cool. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you will go over to the YouTube channel, shameless plug, and look at this amazing setup we have. <laughs> shout out to Jay, uh, Jared. We Actually, are in shout his... out to my wife. Yes, <laughs> for most of this. <laughs> we are. Thank you for hosting us in your beautiful place. And I will stop talking. Let's get into this. So, Jordan, uh, tell us about yourself and uh, how you got started in art. All right. Well, I am Jordan Shi. I started Unbound way back when in 2012, I think, uh, and finished my degree in 2015, got it in liberal arts. And I have been into fine art for about as long as I can remember. Since I was very little, I was always drawing something, um, mostly horses, usually. Um, <laughs> and then around high school, I decided to start a shoe painting business just as a little way to make some money. And I kind of just started it to try it out. I had some random paint supplies and posted it on social media and people went nuts over it. So, uh, turned that into my own business it was pretty lucrative for a while and that kind of got me through high school and finishing college and um yeah just kind of branched out from that and continued painting started trying out different mediums doing acrylics oils watercolors and all different kinds of subject matter so yeah yeah and still love doing painting to this day mm -hmm. she is really talented 
Um, I, I also want to mention. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where you're on the ship. The most realistic <laughs> horses you'll ever see. Yes. Um, but also you've done other artistic things like interior design and yeah, really cool stuff. If you were Apex, Jordan was one of the speakers along with her husband, Josh, which, I, hey, if you're a friend of Unbound, you've seen a lot, um, power couple here. And so, uh, that, another plug, they've been recently, when this comes out, they've been putting up their home for Airbnb. You should go check it out because you get to see Jordan's work, like all the artwork and like design, really cool stuff. Uh, Jared, longtime friend, but you are an amazing artist. Tell us about uh, your time in Unbound and how you got started in art. Time in Unbound. Okay. Um, so I'm Jared Carter Wiggins. I do the full name. I love it. Um, and uh, I, I guess I got started in Unbound. I heard about Unbound in like 2010. I got officially started in 2014. I was pretty reluctant to join originally. Um, but yeah, I, I joined um, in 2014. And I don't know. What else do you want me to to touch on for Unbound. <laughs> well, tell us about uh, what you studied and how you got started. Okay, yeah, so, um, so yeah, I, I started in 2014. I uh, studied entrepreneurship, which honestly, um, going back and looking back, I'm like, wow, why did I study entrepreneurship? Because, <laughs> you know, there's so many other avenues that like I grew in and learned from. Mm. Um, and yeah, so got really plugged in with the, uh, with the Unbound community in 2016. Um, and just ever since then got to, got to serve as the marketing intern for a while with Unbound, um, was on a uh, student cabinet for Apex in 2019, SLI in, what was that, 2017? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> um, yeah, so then uh, art, art's just been a part of my life my entire life. I mean, I started, I started painting and drawing when I was like, three like my dad would get watercolors out and he would just spread them on the table and i would just mess with them paint apple trees or whatever um and then we were homeschooled growing up my family and i and so um during like some of the school days my mom would read the books to us or whatever and i would get really bored <laughs> and i would just start getting distracted and she'd be like all right so you know trying to find do the motherly thing try to find something to like get us to focus and I wish we were more disciplined but we weren't but she was like all right we got to get, get you guys to focus so she would lay out these huge animal books mm. and give us a piece of paper and a pencil and say, I want you guys to trace all the animals in the book. Mm -hmm. And after you trace them, I want you to fill in all the details, make it look like the animal. And so that's really where art started for me. And then just the love of art just took off from there. Um, I loved creating my own fantasy stories in art. I would do mm. little civil war scenes, historical scenes. Yeah. Um, I love drawing, um, you know, like Lord of the Rings characters. I, I, when I read the Lord of the Rings, I did a drawing for every chapter when I was like 11, like that was, that was a big part. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I would say in 2014 is really when actually even the same time around the same time that I started unbound, I really got into my art to mm -hmm. a professional degree. I was like, I got to get serious about it. I want to learn how to paint with acrylics and watercolors and, um, oil pastels. And I want to learn how to do character sketches and design and Disney was a big inspiration of mine. So, um, yeah, ever, yeah, I could go into so many more details, but yeah. Well, so, um, I love how we were all in unbound and I could see actually in a real way, how your art developed, I think over the years. Um, but let's get into the actual like interesting stuff. And we're here, um, on pursuits because of different career fields. So Jared, for you, you are working as, um, 
and an artist and you do graphic design now and Jordan obviously you're taking care of your family and all these different things but you have been in like painting and selling things and all that so talk to us uh, about the process there how did you kind of cross the line from oh I'm a like artist who like draw stuff while listening to mommy like cool kind of hobby to like all right this is a career this is something I can do like can okay. I go first? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Um, I, I knew it was something I could not do. Like there was something that the Lord put in my soul that was like, I have to create, like I have mm -hmm. to be creating, uh, if not all the time, at least some of the time. Um, and it, I mean, in different realms too, right? Like I would, I would create in, uh, music and, um, writing when I was younger, mm -hmm. but I just knew that it had to be visual expression. I was like, I got to draw somehow. So I would draw all the time and especially, like I said, in 2014, when I got really into art a lot more into character design and doing story and illustrating, um, I knew that I wanted to pursue a career, pursue a career path in it. Um, and I just didn't know what that looked like mm -hmm. at all. In fact, I was pretty like disappointed because I was like, I'm going to be the starving artist. Like <laughs> I'm going to be the one that everyone's mothers warn them about. Like <laughs> you know, They're going to be like, don't, don't do it. This doesn't provide. And I'm like, I have to. Um, so I just kind of like, I knew that was where I was going to pursue it and I didn't know how to get there. And so I just started. So I, um, first, first thing I ever did was, uh, I had uh, a bunch of paintings that I put in frames and then my work. I was working as an orthodontist assistant at the mm -hmm. time and they they asked if I'd be interested in selling my art to to raise money for something. Yeah. And I think it was a I honestly think it was a mission trip that I went on. I don't remember, but I was I had to raise money for something. Um and so they were like, "Do you want to sell your art?" And I was like, "Sure." So I grabbed a bunch of pieces, brought it to the place and was like, and I sold like six paintings. Mm -hmm. But from then people started hiring me as an artist. They asked for commissions. They were like, "Do you do little paintings, portraits, weddings, whatever?" Um, and it just like, it just took off from there. I was like, mm. boom. So I started, I started doing a bunch of, yeah, did a bunch of commissions, started taking art seriously and got paid for it. Um, and then, man, I don't know. It's such a long story, but eventually step by step through tons of failure. Don't get me wrong. Felt like if I, yeah, if you want to be an artist, there's lots of failing, especially <laughs> even in the process of drawing and painting. There's tons of failure. You, know? you, you literally live the whole learn through fail. Like, I live every single day, every yeah. single day of my life. Um, the most unbound way possible. Right. So yeah, I, I just, I ended up getting to do graphic design with unbound. I got to, especially on student cabinet, got to design merchandise. I got to do all the advertising. Um, so it just slowly, my portfolio got built to where I was working a bunch of jobs that were not art at all. I mean, it was construction. Uh, I take that back. I worked as an architect for about a year and a half, almost two years um, before the pandemic. And I got let go because of the pandemic. Um, but I was still doing construction. I was like probably designing houses and stuff mm -hmm. like maybe two hours out of a day and the rest was in the field doing work and stuff. So I was working jobs that weren't good. They just weren't um, or weren't necessarily in my field or something I really enjoyed. Um, but through just years and years of taking odd jobs, freelancing, um, still pursuing my art and, and showing people my art. Um, yeah, I finally got to get a job in graphic design, which is crazy guy for that. It's so wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Praise Jesus. It's a, it's a wild time. Mm -hmm. And so Jordan, I really appreciate how you have a bit of a different path. So tell us about that and where you are now. Yeah. Can you repeat the original question? <laughs> 
<laughs> totally. So basically, um, for you, you've been professional in the sense of like you had, have had like commissions and you've sold things. And so, um, was there like a, a turning point for you from hobby to like, oh, this is something cool that I can actually make money on? And obviously, uh, just the reality that you're not um, full time on this, but you mm -hmm. certainly do do a lot of really cool artistic stuff. Uh, use that for, you know, you can easily still sell stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, what was that transition like and what has it been like for you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think it was when I started that shoe painting business. Hmm. Like that yes. really was mm -hmm. that turning point for me. Yeah. Because, um, again, I just had all these random supplies saw some stuff on Pinterest and was like, oh, that's cool. Like maybe I should try that out because I have the stuff for it. And so you wanted to do a business like right off the bat? No, 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 no. Mm. I, I had a pair of shoes. I had some paints <laughs> and I was like, cool, let's, try this, let's try this out. Let's see how it works. And yeah, then just put it up on social media. I was like, hey, I did mm -hmm. this. And yeah. yeah, people just went absolutely nuts over it and started asking, Hey, can you do this for me? Can you paint these for me? And That's really cool. yeah, mm. so that was kind of unintentional really, but it really solidified that, Oh yeah, this is something I can really make money mm. off of. And it's mm -hmm. something I enjoy. Um, and that was really the first time too, that I had gotten into painting because mm. before I had really just done a lot of drawing, um, just charcoal pencils, mm. all that kind of stuff, and just had never really dabbled. Basically, in... where I'm at, in like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never really had dabbled in painting, other than doing some paint by numbers here and there. Yes, but um, yeah, and then through doing those shoes, yeah, I learned just a whole bunch of. I mean, really taught myself. Everything was pretty much self-taught. Just mm -hmm. taught, learned how to do faces and landscapes and all just all kinds of different stuff and yeah people loved it did a lot of kind of like you did a lot of disney through a lot of inspiration <laughs> from there oh, yes. uh so yeah i'd say that was that was definitely my turning point and then once i finished school i well didn't really know what i was going to do i was only 18 so uh decided to start working for my dad who uh, built pools for a living and started out just doing more administrative stuff for him. But uh, he does all of the design mm -hmm. portion of the process too. And so he taught me how to use that software to design pools and found out that I, I never thought I would get into graphic design. I always loved working with my hands and mm -hmm, seeing mm -hmm. things like come to life in person. I was like, Oh, you know, I don't want to do art on a screen. Kind yeah, of thing. Right. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, Very relatable. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, eh, you know, whatever, we'll try this out and, and see how it goes. But yeah, ended up falling in love with it mm. and, um, started doing that in 2016 and actually I'm still doing it to this day. I, I love, doing it. Um, there's just so much creativity. Every project is different. So mm -hmm. I get to create fun new features and, you know, design all these different houses, like all the houses are different, all the yards are different, all the layouts are different. So I really love having that new challenge with every project mm -hmm. and not just doing the same thing mm -hmm. over and over. Totally. So 
yeah, definitely love that. And then, yeah, still do painting when I can. It's it's a little tough these days. You know, I'm I'm a mom taking yeah. care of my my daughter with special needs, so time is definitely limited. But um, do love doing paintings when I can. I've done a couple commissions, but I'm kind of one of those people that because my my style is so hyper realistic, I spend probably way too much time on, <laughs> on one piece. And so it takes forever for me to finish mm, one painting. Mm. And so the yeah. artist problem. You yeah. Know, just... You know, <laughs> so, so yeah, don't have necessarily have a ton of pieces, but the pieces I do have, I'm very proud of. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love bragging on my friends, uh, especially when they come on the podcast, but genuinely I've said this before. I'll say it again. Jordan is one of the coolest moms I know. Like she is <laughs> such a hard worker and takes care of her family and she does really cool art. Like it's, yeah, she does everything. Um, <laughs> I wish I could say, Jordan's art. Right yes, there on the totally. <laughs> I would say the same thing about you, Jared, but you're not a mom. Oh yeah. So. I was going to say I'm not a great mom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for that. Well, let's, um, I'm hoping that you guys listening or watching, will enjoy like just geeking out with us a little bit, but let's talk um, more of the deep just philosophy and even some of the theology with art. Uh, I've been looking forward to this uh, for a while. So let's talk about beauty. And I think uh, there are so many ideas about beauty today and we've had our personal discussions about like defining beauty mm -hmm. and, and figuring out what that looks like in the world. Jared, define beauty for us. What would you say is beauty for you? Ooh, what a deep question. <laughs> Define beauty. What is beauty? So there's so many different arguments of what you can say beauty is because a lot of it is in, in, in our culture is subjective, mm. right? So you're like, um, somebody, and I'm hoping we get to discuss this. Like, this is more of a discussion. I love right. that we're in person and we get to like, you know, we'll, we'll touch on the subjective nature of it in a second of how like, is there an objective? level right, right. but i'm but, saying just like yeah, from from a definition you. perspective Definitely. like you have to take into account like all right if if something is seen as most of a culture is subjective then what is everyone else going to say if i said mm. beauty right now like what would the people listening think of or what would you 100%. think of right yeah. but i i would say that beauty has to do specifically with something that directly reflects our creator mm. so um something that I think about frequently is kind of the concept of light and dark, right? So if, if something is dark, right, there's a, a heaviness, there's a an uneasiness about it when you see like, um, and I'm just talking more from like a sinful perspective, an evil perspective, right? Mm -hmm. There's something like when you see dark art, you're like, like this is off, this isn't right. Okay. But light, light comes into the darkness and just dissipates it all. And it's almost like a breath of fresh air, right? It's like when you see light, you're like, but light is not necessarily just happiness, right? It's mm. not just like, mm. that's a pretty tree, right? Like part of the beauty is, is like, we have, we have winter, right? Yes. And winter is barren and, and hard and dark. Mm -hmm. And then there's snow and snow is light, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's beauty amidst the darkness. It's the redeeming of the time, right? Or, or you have like spring when it's like, everything's becoming green again. And in summer, it's beautiful. And then you even have fall and fall is like, if you think of it from a realistic perspective, it's a time of mourning mm. because you're like, we're losing the green, but there's a redemption. The leaves are beautiful, everything like that. Mm. So I think, I think there's a beauty in, in anything that reflects our God and our God is a redeemer. He's a restorer of all good things. 
he mourns with us when there's sadness. There's there's beauty in mourning. There's mm-hmm. beauty in, in, in grieving what once was. And, and not that there's, you know, we don't say beauty is like, if I say beauty, it's like, no, that has to be a happy thing. It has to be just a positive thing. Mm. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that beauty, I think, is anything that truly reflects our creator. Yeah, you touched on such a great point because there's so many things that we equate just in our culture. So beauty somehow equates happiness, which mm-hmm. is not true. Mm-hmm. Um, or like a recent discussion, which is a completely different podcast episode <laughs> or, or video episode where um, we say, like, for example, media or entertainment equals all media. Mm, right. Anyway, so there's just like so many interesting uh, equate like things that we equate in our minds. So. Jordan, what about you? Um, would you agree? What would you add to how you would see uh, or define beauty? Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely see um, beauty as subjective because, yeah, mm. you ask any person and different people find different things beautiful. Mm. And to me, beauty is anything that inspires awe or wonder mm. and you know, maybe that's a sunset for some person. Maybe it's a flower. Maybe mm. it's another person's smile or someone's personality. Like, I mean, it. there's such a wide range of things that that can spark that in, in someone and provide inspiration or, mm. yeah, that, that wonder. And so it is subjective in, yeah. in a lot of ways. But, mm. yeah, I, I agree with what you were saying in that um, – beauty does i think it does reflect god like god isn't as a god of order and structure and i think as as a perfectionist i (laughs) i find order and structure beautiful yeah and i and i think too on your your point that anything like beauty reflects god and yes there is i think there's beauty in redemption Mm -hmm. also um yeah. Again, it's it's mm. not equating that beauty equals happiness, but yeah, no, there's there is beauty and brokenness when it has been restored. Mm. Right, right. I do appreciate though that you answered from your perspective too. You're like not just like, oh yeah, beauty is what you said. Like it's <laughs> like I do think it's subjective, and this is what I find is beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Very cool. Totally. Hey everyone, David here with a very, very short break in the middle of the episode to just give you all a heads up that Unbound's programs for high school and college, namely Equip, Explore, and Ascend, the enrollment for all three of those programs are still open through the end of September. So if you want to be able to give your child some project-based education that would give them an edge in the real world, just like these two alumni, I have had, then make sure to check that out at beunbound.us slash ascend, equip, and explore, respectively. Now, back to the episode. When we talk about beauty, it seems like philosophical standards, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so many times we look at something from an almost mathematical perspective. And we can really get into like this, I think, is the effect of modernism and how we see certain things, at least in Western culture. Can, um, can you elaborate on that? What do you mean by mathematical? Sure. So there is a tendency to be like beauty. Well, for some people, obviously for us artists, we don't think that way. But like we'll say like, oh, this thing is beautiful because this looks a certain way or it makes me feel a certain way. So it's a standard of like, like we said, uh, redemption, order, 
when there are those things, that is what we as humans instinctively in our God, uh, Imago Dei, God created the way we say that's beautiful. Um, instead of saying like, okay, the color green is beautiful because that of course is, is subjective hmm. to different people. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. So you're saying that there's like a, there's an objective process that culture maybe says like, I, this is beautiful because it follows these rules or like, maybe. you know, or yeah. like, um, I don't know, like I'm going to see a sunset and it should make me feel happy or something. And like, what if somebody sees a sunset and doesn't feel happy? Like, yeah. And we can say that, let's say someone looks at the flowers around us, mm -hmm. right? And it will invoke feeling, right? And and I think there is a certain beauty. We all feel that this is beautiful. Oh, the feeling that. that we get might be different. Right. Um, but again, like I, I want to, like the next question I'm going to ask is that we all agree that it's subjective, but do you think there are certain standards for beauty for, like, for example, of course, um, modern art is a, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so, see, ah, ah, so that's what we're talking. I love this. Mo so modern art. I was talking with a, with a good friend. Don't and be ashamed of me, Jared. I did put modern art up in her house that I, that I did. <laughs> but see, okay. I, That's okay. Let, let's talk. Let's talk. Because Jordan, you put modern art up. It's not chaotic. There is a certain order to it. There's a certain beauty and just like simplicity and design. And even in chaos, there is, I think that's so cool because there is a certain redemption in something that looks chaotic, but there's order, I think. Um, compared to what I think the world is pushing a lot today. And when I say the world in the sense of like, yeah, just <laughs> worldliness. Um, we are believers, followers of Christ and the enemy and the world is pushing this kind of chaos. And they, they're trying to call that art, right? Mm -hmm. Just like random objects. Okay, art. Or I was mentioning my friend, he went to uh, an art exhibit that was literally just like screens of static. And okay, that's art. So I think the world defines art as meaning, whatever that gives you meaning, which I think is really interesting. But I, you guys just touched on how, yes, art is what gives you meaning, but also what is orderly and redemptive, which I, again, I think is super interesting because like philosophically, we're mm. saying that beauty has a standard, but it's philosophical, not objective, right? right. Um, let's talk about that. What do you guys think? I want to take the reins on this one to start. Ooh, I might need a minute on this one. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> um, I have a thought. I think there's an objective side that we have to identify because mm -hmm. I think the subjective side um, is really impacted by the objective side. Mm -hmm. So the banana and tape piece of artwork was something that came up in modern art where someone took a piece of banana and duct taped it to a canvas and called it art. And I think from an objective point of view, I think that is terrible art. And here's a couple of reasons why. One, there's there's things that have to do with the process, right? Mm. What did they do? Slapped it up there. There's no art behind that. Um, two, it has a big reflection on culture. Mm -hmm. So when someone, when culture, you know, culture and art, they go hand in hand. Art shapes culture and culture will shape art eventually, even though I don't believe it should. Mm. I actually did my um, capstone project on that very mm. thing. Do you want to talk about that for a sec? Uh, I can keep going. No, it's okay. okay, yeah, okay. I just want to throw <laughs> yeah, that out. Yeah, that, that's so cool. Um, yeah, so so the the concept of like mm -hmm. culture and art is very fascinating. But like going back to the banana analogy, I think that comes from culture. I don't think that comes from arts, right? I think it comes from a culture of chaos, like you were saying, postmodernism, subjective. 
everything is relative. It doesn't matter. Um, and it is all based off of what it means to you, right? Mm -hmm. Which there's some sense that is true in art where it comes to subjective, you know, a subjectiveness. But there is something known as truth, and truth is objective. It mm. is solid, right? Yes. So I think that if somebody was to take the time and the excellence to prepare a piece of art, right? Like if they saw the banana, spent months considering the banana and thought, like, I want to create a piece based off of this banana duct tape. I don't want it to be random. I want it to be very specific. I want it to communicate exactly what I'm feeling. I want it to be referenced in truth. I want it to shape something of culture. I don't mm. want it to be reflective of culture. Like if, if culture was completely out of the question mm. when they created that piece, I actually would consider it a better piece of work. Now, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily think like, I think from my point of view, we can, you know, see that and be like, that's awful. Um, but I do think there is something to be said about the process. And there's something to be said about the truth that inf and informs the process or impacts the process. Because mm. I, I was thinking about it because, like, if I if I saw a banana and tape graphic design that someone hand drew and put it on a T-shirt, mm. mm. I would find that more interesting to me. Not necessarily beautiful, but I would be like, wow, that is that is an excellent. And especially if it was hyper realism like Jordan does, mm. or if it was like a really cool graphic and had this fun text on it, it was on a T-shirt. I'd be like, wow, that's kind of cool mm. because I think that person took the time, the effort, the meaning, everything behind it. And instead of being influenced by the culture that, you know, wanted to influence the culture. Mm. Does that make sense? I think so. So you're saying <laughs> a couple things, right? That come together to help give art an objective standard, which is influence, uh, design and effort yeah process the yeah process how yeah. much effort you put into something which okay i think is really interesting uh jordan thoughts no i really like what jared said um i think yeah i would agree that i i would look at that banana artwork mm -hmm. artwork <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right i i wouldn't think of that as art like to me that's just uh, i don't know it almost seems like just trying to make a statement, but more just like a grab for attention because right, it's right. so out there, like outside of yes. all conventional standards, norms that you would think of when you think of art. Right. And so I think there is, again, something to be said about process, mm. you know, mm. maybe there's not an objective process of like what, needs to happen to be something to be considered art. But, um, I think that, yeah, just throwing a banana and duct tape on a canvas. Again, I think there, there needs to be thought and some kind of meaning behind sure. it. Well, we also love creating and we also love watching people create. And I think mm. a banana and a piece of tape is not creating. Yeah. Like well, if, if that man, I'm assuming it's a man, I don't know, <laughs> but whoever did it, Whoever did it, if they took the time and effort, if they took paper upon paper, sketched out bananas and, and thought of the different shapes, took, took like, you know, I don't know, like actually grabbed bananas and, and put them in different ways and like spent weeks like thinking over like, how am I going to produce this? That's art because that guy was actually taking the time in the process to produce art. Mm -hmm. And then he came to his alchemist conclusion with effort and beauty. Like, I love watching painting, painting videos on YouTube because it's mm -hmm. beautiful when someone mm -hmm. like takes what wasn't there and makes something out of nothing, you yes. know? And that is so cool to me. But a banana, 
that you had for breakfast and a piece of duct tape in your pants that you like just had, you know, there ready to go and just went, boom, tape. That's not art. That's laziness. <laughs> well, we're assuming a, the process here and, I, and I'm just going to play a slight devil's advocate. I think that's so cool that we're mentioning how that's important. What would you say to modern artists who will say, like, we have thought about this a lot. And I think this goes into a little bit more of the influence, like how the culture influences them, because I would argue that a lot of these artists, that's kind of what they do, right? They mm -hmm. have put a lot of thought into mm. this process, maybe too much sound in the sense of too much substances. Well, that's another discussion, but <laughs> yeah. I, I would say on the modern artist side of things, like as I was actually kind of studying some modern art, as I was looking to do those paintings in my house and trying to gain inspiration, as I was thinking about and looking at like the actual colors and like thinking about what techniques they might have used to produce this outcome, I was like, it actually gave me more of an appreciation for modern art just mm -hmm. as I was thinking about, okay, like mm -hmm. if I were to do this exact painting, how would I go about doing that? Like yeah. what, mm -hmm. what techniques, what right. tools, like how would I layer things? So I, I think, you know, maybe I don't know exactly what the painting was trying to convey mm. or, you know, what, it doesn't make me necessarily feel anything, but I, there was still technique, there was still skill and, and thought that I think mm -hmm. goes into that. So yeah. again, we are, we are kind of like assuming the process exactly. of, this, of well, this banana yeah. thing, but there, there is a lot to say about assumption, right? Like I, yeah. I think, and I think very, like my mind goes biblically on this, like, what is your witness, mm. right? Like, oh, what are yes. you trying to convey? Okay. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think that an, a piece of art is a witness of the artist. Right. So if, if I go and look at the banana and tape as a, as a, a viewer, mm. I'm going to automatically assume laziness and not art. Mm -hmm. Most people would. The very few art critics okay. in the world don't, oddly enough, but very people, very few people would. And so like I walk into a museum, I'm going to look at all the art, the stuff like the Van Goghs or like even like the Mona Lisa. Yeah. The like, Mona Lisa, which has so much depth and beauty to it. I'm going to see that as a witness of the artist as being beautiful. Mm -hmm. Whereas the banana tape, I'm not going to see as a witness of the artist. I think that, that that's going to, it's going to be a poor witness. I think it's going to show that they didn't put thought. Now granted, like there's something to be said about, so like, I'm sure for decorating, you get this too. There's, there's something to be said about group art, right? Like, mm -hmm. or like if I'm going to design an interior space, I have to consider every single aspect of what I'm putting in and a modern art piece of painting on a wall. is just a part of it. Mm -hmm. It's not the sole piece that I want everyone to look at. I just want it to add to the aesthetic of the room, which is part of another painting. Mm -hmm. It's a room painting versus just a wall painting. Sure. Mm -hmm. But I, I just think there's a lot to be said about witness of the artist. Like if you look at my art, I want you to know that I care about what I draw mm -hmm. or I want you to feel a certain way. And, and if I really do want you to feel a certain way and the guy tried to accomplish that through a banana and tape, like, well done for him, even though my assumption is that it's not okay. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's the, it's such a fascinating, like, part where we talk about intention mm. and we talk about how just the understanding of meaning really quickly, um, before we move on and wrap this, this episode up, how do we, especially as believers, 
continue to innovate and push the bounds of culture in a positive way, where we do want to, in some ways, be innovating and radical and create art that everyone enjoys, uh, but also fight the whole like tendency not to change. Okay, I think I get what you're saying. So you're saying like, if as artists, like especially believing artists, how do we push the envelope, innovate, try to influence culture, but also not be changed by the culture? Sure, because we're talking about how modern art, like a lot of that is in a way trying to do something new. And they are reflecting the postmodernism or even the modernism of like whatever, right? They're, they're reflecting the feeling of the current age, mm. often in a very like different, nihilistic possible way or, or not. You think back to the classical period of uh, you mentioned Van Gogh and all these different people and they did try new things and they were not appreciated in their day, right? How do we like continue like as an artist in that spirit of like, hey, the culture might not appreciate what you do, but you're trying to do something new, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Mm. You want to take the reins? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I think for me, in a sense, I feel like my art is a little bit selfish and not in the sense that I'm not necessarily like trying to change or influence culture per se. I'm more just trying to challenge myself mm. as an artist. Yes. Right. And yes. I like with all my paintings, I, I always try to have either a subject matter that I haven't painted before that will make me try new techniques mm -hmm. or I try different mediums and, you know, I'll try acrylics or watercolors and I'll, I'll mix and match like those subject matters and those, mm -hmm. and those mm -hmm. mediums mm -hmm. and, um, just kind of create that challenge for myself each time I go into it. And so. And then I'd say, too, with my hyper-realism style, I'd say that that is almost like kind of counterculture at the moment, especially mm. with the way – with modern art, the way it is. Like, I feel like I have a very traditional style and mm, painting right. methods. And so, so yeah, it is, it is kind of going against the culture and not necessarily like, oh, my – I'm trying to like – make you feel this way and this represents this kind of thing like I paint things as they are and I want you to see the beauty of things as they are that's really cool hmm. that's really cool <laughs> you need yeah I have lots of thoughts <laughs> I always do um I think the call for all Christians is to be countercultural I think it always is I think it, it and I'm not talking about like all right guys grab your jean skirts and get out there like <laughs> not what I'm talking about was, but I'm saying like you know, we're not to be, we're to be present in the world in the sense that we're, we're to be the light of the world, we're to be, to be the salt of the earth, right? We're to be present in the earth. So we're not going to isolate ourselves and pull away, but we're going to be countercultural. Yes. No matter what. So I think that should affect your art. The other thing is that God has called you to things. He's always going to call you to things and that's going to affect your art. Mm. And so like, like for me, like the Lord I know is frequently calling me to um, just remind others of the truth of his gospel, yes. remind him of his grace and his mercy, and just show him the truth of, of beautiful things. Like, you know, we live in a culture where marriage is being attacked because gender is being attacked and identity is being attacked. And I think a beautiful painting with a husband and wife just sitting around talking mm. is going to reflect the beauty of marriage or the mm. beauty of, you know. And so there's there's that aspect to where I feel like I'm called to do that too, right? 
last bit is just be yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, I say this frequently because like a lot of, especially in like a, a totally different topic, but in like the pastoral realm or where people teach the, the Bible and stuff, I've seen this a lot where people are like, I need to be like the greatest teacher ever, or even speech people give speeches. Mm-hmm. Like I need to give the best speech ever. And so everyone's always like looking up Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther, or, or Martin Luther King Jr. specifically. <laughs> um, but like looking up these guys who like gave amazing speeches or teaching or whatever, and they like try to mimic them and identically. There are things we can always learn from other people. But they were themselves. But they were themselves, yes. right? They just mm. were themselves. And like, you know, when I when I go to prepare a message for for teaching a youth group, like I'm just myself, you know? And I, I write what I feel like the Lord's calling me to write, like, talk about and teach on and I go up there, I share his gospel. And so, so there's the aspect of the, the, the objective truth, right? Like when I go up there and teach, I'm going to teach the gospel and the word. That's my objectivity, right? Mm -hmm. For, for an artist, it might be the calling. My calling is the objectivity, or it might be like you said, you just paint things as they are. That's your objectivity. Mm -hmm. And then this, the be yourself side is how you express it. You know, you're going to paint it in an acrylic Mm -hmm. and you're going to choose, you're going to choose a specific thing to paint. Mm -hmm. But like for me, like, I'm going to choose a specific thing to paint, but that, that goes off the objectivity. So I, I'd say that is where the innovation and the pushing happens mm-hmm. because you're just faithful to your call. You're, you're innovative. And, and when someone's faithful to their call, there's, there's no fear. There's mm-hmm. no, um, mimicry. There's no, you know, pretending to be someone you're not. There's just being, uh, you know, still and knowing Jesus Christ and, and making him know through what you do. So I, I don't know. I think you are counterculture as a Christian. And I think that, you know, those, all the rest of the things I said come good. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Jared, um, we are speaking to our fellow Unbounders here, uh, many who are looking into art, who are, who, or who are artists themselves. What would you say to your fellow Unbound artists? 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Dang. All right, cool. Um, I would say kind of what I just said, be yourself, um, pursue excellence. I think take the time to pursue excellence. Um, excellence is, is something that's lost in our culture. Um, I would say understand God's grace for you and understand that his grace covers more than just sin mm. it covers mistakes. It covers shame. It covers failings because and I, you could say sin is all those things because it's a broken world. Right. But when you go and paint and you're going to pursue something, you're going to make so many flippant mistakes, no matter what. And I'm Amen. sorry. It just happens. Stick through it. Have fun. Actually mm. enjoy the mistakes. Enjoy the process. Mm. Cause remember when you're a kid and you're just like, you know, I don't know, like you're, you're messing around with a piece of paper or something, sketching something out or making music and you made a mistake. You were never like, I'm the worst human being ever. And I can well, we never be a <laughs> piano player. Like, yeah, it's part of the process. You're five years old. You're supposed you're, to do that. You don't know that you, you, you're never going to do that or not. So yeah. just stick with it. Have fun mm-hmm. and enjoy the process. Hey, man. Jordan, any thoughts for your fellow artists? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing would be if you feel a calling to pursue the arts, prioritize it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) this is something I am definitely still working on, but if, again, if God has placed that calling on your life, I, you need to prioritize it and pursue it. Mm -hmm. Um, it's so important again, especially as Christians, like we, we need to be countercultural. And again, I think, you know, us as Christians, that creating, process that we do like that does reflect our creator and we can we can reflect the character of god through the things that we create and so i think the art is just one way to do that but it's a beautiful way to do that so prioritize it pursue it 
and let it let it reflect God. We haven't said this on this episode, but I'm, it bears saying again, God is our artistic God. Like, look around you in creation. It's so beautiful. And I believe that we have a duty to reflect God's amazing creativity and glory. Jared, um, even less time, 15 seconds, but no, tell us about where people can see some of your art, can, you know, appreciate what you create. Um, so if you're online, uh, artwork on Instagram is kind of the only place to do anything now. I've kind of try to get out of social media entirely. Come to my house <laughs> or come to Harrisonburg. I'm trying to do more in Harrisonburg and, and show my art. Um, Harrisonburg, Virginia. Let's yeah, go. There's, and look for a few children's books coming out soon. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very so. excited. Jordan. Um, unfortunately, I don't have very much of an online presence with my art. Um, you can either come to my house in Colorado Springs also, or <laughs> you can hang out with me because I have pictures of all my paintings on my phone. Right. So. right. <laughs> totally. We're really boring in that realm. We're sorry, guys. We're just—you'll learn that you become jaded sometimes over the internet. So, or if you're friends with me on Facebook, you can look on there too. Oh, that's right. Forgot about Facebook. <laughs> that is another thing. You I mean, just aged us. Like, <laughs> you're on Facebook. Don't forget to look at our old timeline. Oh, timeline! Oh, all the full pictures. <laughs> but guys, uh, this is so fun. I'm glad we got to talk about beauty. Yeah, I've been, too. like I said, wanting to do this for a while. Uh, genuinely, we. Will have some links um, and even just pictures maybe to some of your artwork in the description below. Do check that out. It's some really amazing things. And um, hey, if they want, if people want to see more of your art, like encourage them like to maybe actually post some good stuff for the glory of the Lord. Uh, that'd be really cool. Yes. But again, thank you guys for being on. I hope you guys Thanks enjoyed for listening us. and um, we will see you guys around. Well, we very much enjoyed listening through to that uh, that conversation with those two. Uh, always love hearing from them. Uh, thank you all very much for joining us for this episode of Pursuits. We very much appreciate it. Well, I want to remind you guys that with Pursuits, we are talking with our students, our alumni. If you have any thoughts, we do have channels and different ways to contact us if you're a student through Slack or through our social media. So if you want, I encourage you to do so. And if you are curious about some of our other shows, uh, this was Unbound Pursuits. We also have coming up next week an episode of Unbound Conversations, where we have uh, conversations with people who are outside of the Unbound community who give a different perspective. And we also have Unbound Talks. That is a conversation between me and some of our staff members where we dive into Unbound's educational philosophy and the why of what we do. So once again, thank you all so much for joining us. And as always, be unbound.